0: Welcome to episode 785 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, February 25th. I'm your host, Paul Sport, and I'm joined by a special guest, Mr. Joe Pizza Pizza. Pizza Pizza. How you doing, Joe? <laughs>
1: hey, Joey Pizza Pizza. How you doing? I, exci-
0: I accidentally almost said it the right way, and so I was like, well, wait, wait, I'm trying to say Pizza Pizza. No, it's Pizza Pia. For those that don't know, Joe, how you doing, man? <laughs> I- I'm doing well. I mean, with an intro like that, how could I not be doing well? Like, I, I never heard the Pizza Pizza line ever no, in my no, youth. Heard not it a ever. trillion, zillion, billion times. I can't get over how much I love it, though.
1: Yeah, well, like, some I, things are classics, you know. That, that's, or... that's what
0: I'm saying, dude. Like, I I'm, know I'm, I'm not original. Like, duh. Of course you've been hearing that literally your entire life. But what an amazing last name. That it's Pizza Pizza, dude. Pizza's the <laughs> I best. Guess. I, guess. I just love it. I, you know, I, I, I'm sure you're over it, dude. Well, Go the away. funny
1: thing is it went away for, like, Little Caesars was kind of a thing. I think when we were kids, those commercials were pizza everywhere. Pizza.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, it was like... were,
1: especially for me. I
0: grew up in Michigan and oh, it's based so, yeah. in like Detroit and everything. So yeah, yeah, it was it was basically the
1: king of of fast food pizza. No, yeah, and then and then he had like wasn't the Noid around that time too? Yep. Like Domino's, see. That's why you listen to the show when Paul and I are doing it together, because we, we talk about stupid things like this. But yes, that's so, over stupid commercials from their childhood. Yeah, there you go. And, you know, it's funny because Little Caesars kind of went away, at least in this area. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of years, it started coming back. And all I could think of was like, oh, my poor children. Oh, god, <laughs> like yeah, They, well, they we were going to live through this. But here we go again. But now it's good to be back here talking a little baseball. We actually have baseball being played, which is a nice change yes. of pace. So, yeah, I'm starting to feel like it's actually uh, actual season is upon us finally, which is great. It it really does feel that way with spring training,
0: you know, fully kicked off. Games are being played day in, day out. They're being played as we speak right now. Uh, I guess that kind of leads me into my first question, which is uh, what do you look for in spring training? I mean, we kind of run the spectrum on fantasy folks of it means absolutely nothing. Don't pay attention to anything. Ignore its existence all the way to folks who really do take some things from it, And like I said, it is kind of a spectrum, but where, where do you, where do you lie on that with regards to spring training and, and how valuable it can or, or, or can't be, I guess, depending on how you feel.
1: Well, look, I don't think you want to overrate it, but at the same time, I think the most important thing about spring training is position battles. And we just did a huge, almost an entire episode in the black book going through all the position battles that are out there. Right now, uh, whether it be, you know, fifth starter positions, guys who are fighting, you know, like the what's the Cincinnati outfield situation look like? What's yeah. the uh, situation for the A's fifth starter or, you know, the back end of the Cardinals rotation? And, you know, all those kind of things. That's the stuff that matters. How's Solak hitting? Does he look like he's going to hit enough that it doesn't matter what is his defense the, yeah, is? Yeah, is he
0: getting a job? some right. like
1: Or is his defense look better than we think in center field? And we go, yeah, OK, maybe, you know, those are the things that matter and not, and not necessarily all of them, like the defense of Solak, let's say necessarily are going to show up in a box score. So you kind of have to watch some of the games too. So it's really not even box score stuff so much as comfort level. My um, Welsh and I were just talking about Monte Harrison, that guy who might be a forgotten prospect who all of a sudden seems to have tweaked some things in this swing. And since he's gotten over to the Marlins and all of a sudden stealing a couple bases in these early games and looking like a guy who, you know, might kind of press for playing time potentially. And I think those are the kind of things you take awareness of, but it's more for stuff I'd say that's in the back ladder part of the draft than it is stuff early on. You don't worry too much yep. unless it's something like a Severino, you know, that whenever somebody injury. says I got yeah. forearm tightness, then I'm getting worried in, in spring training, but performance of the guys that you know are good year in, you're out. I don't worry too much about. Yeah. I think I,
0: uh, I think I check out with all of that as far as what to look for. One other thing I would add, if, if you are going to look at something statistically, what we've uh, generally been taught based on people who've done the studies is that, Strikeouts and walks It gets back to the core, the same stuff that you would look for uh, in season at at the very core of everything with both hitters and pitchers can have some predictability in terms of how they're going to perform. So if you see some majorly improved strikeout and walk rates or worsened, of course, then you might have something to go off of. And then one other thing that I've noticed um, that's been that turns up in these reports of people that have analyzed spring stats is also um, stolen base attempts. If you see somebody out there attempting a bunch of stolen bases, then there, uh, th- there has some been some viability to that in terms of how much they might run during the season. So if you're looking for statistical stuff, that's what you look for. Otherwise, I'm with you on position battles, keeping guys healthy, things like that. Now. I don't even want to really waste your question, waste your time with a question of like, have you really seen anything in these first few days? Well,
1: considering, con- honestly, considering we opened the show with Little Caesars and the Noid, I mean, we're way past wasting my time. I think here, Paul. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair so, enough. Then I will. I ask, mean, I, I love, I love wasting time. You I know, mean, what's better than that? <laughs> have on. you real? Have
0: you has anything jumped out to you that if, whether it's positional battle, uh, or or anything like that? Now, you mentioned Monty Harrison. Is he kind of your standout thus far? Anything that that has made you at least uh, look on your draft board, maybe not make changes, but maybe put a little star next to it. anything wow. you've seen in these very early days.
1: Well, I'm putting a star next to Eugenio Suarez, who's actually throwing and taking BP this coming he week. He might be he might actually make his aggressive <laughs> timetable. Right. And and that's the other thing, too. So much of this is when you draft. Right. So when a news piece of news breaks, whether positive or negative, it really impacts things. And you go back to where we were drafting labor a couple of weeks ago. The Suarez news was fresh and everybody was, I would say, pensive. He didn't get a huge discount, but there was a definitive discount. Now, sure. all of a sudden, if he's starting to, you know, look good, that's that's a big positive. Uh, you know, in terms of what I've seen early on, it's it's nice to see Garrett Cole looking strong. Uh, Max Muncy uh, looks pretty good out of the gate again. I think that's a big positive. The other uh, okay. big positive, too, is, is James Paxton, who looks like he's going to be starting a throwing program in 10 days. So that was another one a couple of weeks ago it was oh my god the sky is falling and now it's like oh maybe he'll be back in june and being back in june and being back in you know august is a whole different thing man that is vastly different swing. yeah so uh, there are guys that i'm looking for in terms of health um i I'm, i want to see more healthy chris davis on the field okay because that's a guy that's 40 bombs in the bank who's going at such a discount right now if he looks healthy and looks like chris davis he ran into a wall last year hurt his back and was never the same yep. the rest of the year if he looks good, I'm all in there. Chris Archer, another guy where if he looks healthy, last year was not healthy at all. If he's out there healthy, that's another positive in my opinion. But so far, I'd say the things I'm taking uh, out of it are not even guys playing, but the guys were actually coming back earlier than we thought. So that's, that's a positive and a rarity, it feels like as well. How about you? Are there things so far you've seen that you feel like you know guys are popping to you or, or maybe reinforcing things that you thought about them?
0: Uh, no, honestly, I really haven't had anything uh, stand out majorly. I've watched a few games. You know, I like seeing some of the guys out there um, throwing that that are, are kind of up and comers, or or fighting for jobs, making their turns. In fact, one today from my Tigers, Spencer Turnbull goes and throws two strong innings. Again, I don't want to overrate it, but two clean innings with four strikeouts. I, I just like seeing guys out there making their. Um, making their innings counts right right you know as long as if they're slated to go two and they go two, that's great you know you, you hate to see uh oh he can go three innings today he goes one and you're like uh-oh what's going on did he get crushed did he uh did he have something tweaked what's going on there so yeah honestly and i haven't really looked at stats otherwise i i, I do know that like uh, lewis brinson went yard I think today, actually. I think I saw it on Twitter. He could don't hit 12 care. home runs dude, in one game, and I don't care. I won't. I dude won't. has a big spring every year. I'm so over it. I'm not, but bon- I don't care how many home runs he hits.
1: I want to, you know uh, what? Solaire hit a huge bomb the other day, too. And Solaire was at, like, that's one of these guys, like, man, it was so good last year. I want it to be good again. And when he's hitting bombs in spring training, it makes me feel good. You know, like I feel I, like I there's positive reinforcement on guys who had career years or breakout years and I know I today buy into him. I, I buy into him too. look he was a guy I was buying into for years in Chicago exactly and that, that's exactly why I'm still like because this just justifies what right. you and I were hoping for years ago really. right and and I'm so annoyed that last year of all the years was the first year I was just totally out everywhere I was like I can't do this to myself it's this abusive relationship between me and Jorge Soler and I just can't <laughs> do it anymore I just it was kind of like our relationship with Matt Moore for years that went on and on and I think I broke up with him before you did, I believe. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you're still seeing him on the side. I don't know what's going on between I, you guys. Well, it's a great way to put that because there was a keeper league where I had him. So it was like <laughs>
0: I, was, I still had my one investment in Jorge Soler, but I didn't get him in drafts everywhere. You know, Because, again, it was one of those late guys that you just keep picking, keep picking. And if you really think about Sol- Soler... He started to pop in 18, but injury slowed him down. Like, not to the degree that we saw last year. Obviously, last year was everything being put together. But he had a 265, 354, 466 line in 257 plate appearances in 18. We probably should have bought back in, but I think we were getting – I'll speak for you, I guess, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think we were getting tired of the games played. It was just like – it wasn't even necessarily that he couldn't perform. It was that, dude, you're just – you're not going to play more than like – 75 to 80 games and i'm just kind of over at age 27 uh whatever it's, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen and then he had the prototypical age 27 breakout which is not really much of a thing anymore with the aging curves changing but it was crazy that Soler finally gets that full season literally a full season 162 yeah and just goes off in 2019 but i'm i'm i'll buy back in I even at too. the full price this year i got no problem with it and i don't feel like the draft
1: cost is i don't know commensurate with what he did it's, it's not exorbitant. I totally, totally agree with that. I think it's that. very fair right now. I don't, I don't. I mean, I I can't wait to see in two weeks what it is in tout for that auction and where mm-hmm. that price goes. And I know today the big news was about Freddie Freeman getting you know held out of the game with the elbow inflammation, but that seems like something that everybody knew was going to be a thing after the surgery. It's just like, hey, yeah. you know, he's ramping up activities. What the hell are we going to do? Why are we wasting Freddie Freeman in spring training games? You're going to play him, let him rest, let him kind of, you know, who knows if it's scar tissue or whatever else could be, you know, going on in there. But when the guy says I'm healthier than I've ever been in offseason, I don't look at that as a negative just because they hold him out for elbow inflammation. So anybody overreacting to that today, I wouldn't yet. I would not even go close to overreacting to that. I tell you, that's one of the downsides of the information
0: age is that all these little things crop up. And people want to react to all of them. They want everything to be actionable, and it's like, yeah, back in the day we just didn't get all this news. You might get a portion of those little injury news uh, in in a news and notes thing in the newspaper, but like pre-internet, you didn't get every little knickknack. But they didn't. Guys didn't just start getting nicked up in spring training uh, when the internet came along. It's just that we started to find out, and so it is hard to separate you know, the noise from something that's actionable. But you, you have to be a little bit cautious and really read into stuff. And I think we, I agree with you on Freeman. I'm unmoved by that completely. Like, I, I don't care at all. And generally with things, unless they're going to linger and be something that happens three, four, five, six times as far as getting pulled out of a game or, or sat out of a game, then I don't really care. So I'm not worried about Freddie Freeman. Um, I know that, like, uh, Brian Anderson, a guy I really like, got hit – in the hand says he's fine, you know, and I'll monitor that that way. I'm not going to freak out every time something bad happens to somebody. Uh, all right, let's move on from spring training. Talk a little bit more generally about draft prep season because we are in the throes of it. This next, uh, you know, like I said, we've already started it, but this next month is really the the peak draft season. TGFBI kicked off yesterday. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but what what is your what does your draft prep season look like? Obviously, you uh, you put together the black book. So you were very intimately aware of what was said and all that for the parts that you didn't write, the parts that we did. So you already come in with a base of knowledge. But what what do you do from there to
1: prepare for your drafts? Uh, well, I think the first thing you do is you have to break down what, you know, those league-specific issues that are in each of them. And, and I play in a lot of different formats. Obviously, everyone knows I'm more of a points league guy, so – you know, for me, it's a lot of understanding where the pitching values are this year and trying to find the next, you know, guy who could be Brandon Woodruff and trying to find those guys that, you know, a couple of years ago when you were on, were on Castillo, like who are those next guys that are right on that precipice that could become that in that next range of pitcher. And, you know, you and I, I think talked about him last time. I think that's a big part of it in those formats, because you want to, you want to make sure that you cover that back of the rotation with that kind of upside. So that's very important. Uh, a lot of the auction stuff I had, uh, the 2014 Dynasty League auction on Sunday, that's the one with me Ooh. and Towers and Scott White and, uh, and Heath's in that. It's, it's been running for 10 years, this league, and I think there's, it's 24 teams, 240 minor league players are rostered because every team has Holy 10 minor God. league spots. It's madness. It's absolute madness. And the most incredible part is I think over the 10 years, it's only lost like seven owners. Like <laughs> it's pretty much hey, the same original group here. That's it's good. It's, it's completely crazy. And that league is completely different. So it's like, okay, what's the approach here? Well, you know, I'm going to make sure that I solidify a bunch of, I'm going to put some of these younger guys on salary. Some of these minor leaguers that are more elite because those become incredible trade chips if, if you get off to a good start in a mm-hmm. format that deep. Um, And I think for tout what, what I've been doing, I, I prepared a lot in labor this year, a lot more than I did last year. So hopefully I'll have a better result. But it's hard when you're coming off football, covering football, too, and just getting your mind ready for labor because it's so early. But this year I did a lot of that mock draft wizard on fantasy pros. And let me tell you, that's a great little tool because it allows you to revert picks and then kind of see other combinations of things. So you can, like, do two picks and then revert them back and then do two more and see what and play around with core. See where everything branches. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's really great. And I'm not the biggest mock draft person. But I felt like that's a more useful exercise where you can go in and out and say, okay, what if I did this? What if I did that? And then you start to get a much better feel for uh, how you want to build rosters. And for Tout, you know, uh, I I just did something I've actually never done before. So I want to hear how you feel about this one. So I did this whole team where I basically built it from where the cheapest guys in in auction ADP on NFBC that I like and tried to make a whole roster of them and see how much money I had left. Ooh and it was kind of a fascinating little uh experiment so to speak and that is interesting and we did an episode on the black book about this and i said the funny part about it is then i'm i'm left with a certain amount of money then to spend on an upgrade quote unquote so sure. okay i've got money left for coal and then a harper or i have money left for a machado and a torres or or how do you know how do i how do i then understand okay what do i premium players for if I think I've got a good base of a roster here that could finish like fifth or sixth or something like that. Well, how do I put myself into that next level? I've never done anything like that before. What do you think of that sort of, you know, approaching it from a different aspect there, building a team based on like, here's all the values, here's all the lower end guys, and then see what's remaining and how much, you know, what else will buy you that, you know, $150, whatever you have left.
0: Yeah, I find I find that really interesting as an approach. Uh, to kind of do something different, and I think that's something I'm really more into overall this year. Is kind of mixing it up a little bit. I'm going to be flat honest with you. I didn't have a huge year last year. I didn't, uh, you know, had a few caches, but uh, the main event was was a disaster. And I don't, I don't want to have a terrible year. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking to maybe mix it up a little bit. I'm obviously not going to flip entirely everything I've ever done, but I'm going to mix some things up and uh, and and change some approaches. Go back through. I've been spending a lot of time through the winter, going back through what we did last year, see what uh, what worked, what didn't. Obviously, you, you got to be careful not to go overboard with that because certain players fell in certain leagues, and you know. So, the, uh, an approach. I think it's Gene McCaffrey who says uh, any approach can work with the right players.
1: Literally, yeah. Anyone. Well, he, here you go. You might enjoy this. Ready? So, I'll just rattle through this roster and the prices, or right? I'll do it real quick because I'm Italian and I'm from New York and I talk fast. And then I'll tell you how much money is left and the kind of combinations are there. So maybe you'll get a kick out of this, right? So everybody knows catcher for me is whatever. So Roberto Perez, Barnhart, you know, two bucks each, whatever. Two fine. Bucks, yeah. So Max Muncie at 16 at first base. Eduardo oh. Escobar, 10 bucks at second base. Josh Donaldson at 17. Simeon at $16 at short. Carlos Santana at 12. Elvis Andrews at 11. Now, granted, I know there's going to be premiums on all these guys. So this is just sure. kind of a rough... You know, this is the average NFBC auction pricing, give or take a couple bucks, right? Uh, Elvis Andrews at 11 at middle infield, Carl Santana corner infield at 12. Hunter Dozier, three bucks, Hilliard, three bucks, Akiyama, three bucks, Calhoun, six bucks, Schwarber, nine, Kepler, 10. That's the offense. And that's not a terrible little offense, is it? No, it's really not. There's a (laughs) lot of guys I like on that team. You know, I mean, yeah, you're missing the big bangers. You're missing like, you know, those those. But again, we're getting to that. So this is like there's the base. And then here's the pitching staff. We got Corbin at 26 bucks. Eduardo Rodriguez at 10. Montas at 13. Luke Weaver, Lucchese, Archer, Porcello. We're all three bucks or less. And then I went with Kennedy and Jimenez for six bucks a piece at reliever. All of a sudden, that adds up to roughly 193 bucks. So let's say, you know, 200 even. That leaves me 60 bucks or so to 60 spend. 60 bucks with that core. So and and here you go. Now here's the the thing. Do you go 53 bucks on Acuna and then add a Max Fried or a Corey Kluber and upgrade the rotation yeah. that way for 14 or, bucks? Or do you do let's say uh, a Bellinger, same kind of thing? Do you go with a Garrett Cole or a Degrom and end up with Degrom? Cole or Machado, I'm sorry, Cole or DeGrom and then Machado Merrifield or Machado Eloy or Olsen Merrifield or some combination of those guys. As you go down, you can even get to the point where you're kind of splitting that 60 bucks evenly and the combinations are like Arenado and Castillo or Bregman and Gilito or something like that or or Devers and, and Walker Bueller. And it's fascinating because I think what it shows you is, yeah, it's look, something's going to go wrong there. There's always going to be a premium, but what's the, like the bottom rung that I can build a team that's competitive. And then how do yeah. I want to spend on the premium? This is the approach I'm taking this year with it into tout. And I'm always, <laughs> you know what I I've gotten off to really good starts in tout where like by the all-star break, I'm one, two or three, and then it always falls off. And I think it's because I don't have enough depth. And I think this might help that situation potentially. So what do you think about this concept here? I'm building out here. Uh, I'm really, really
0: interested in it, dude. That's insane because that that core, there was a lot of guys on that cheap core that I I love. Oh yeah, I'm, Kepler, Schwarber, Calhoun, Donaldson,
1: Munsey, Yeah, I
0: know. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> you know, you got you got all that, and then you're still adding premium talent. Uh,
1: right, and with, you're still with, getting with guys the money left over, and you've got some. I mean, Corbin, the biggest two spends on that roster were Corbin at 26. Because I was like, okay, where can I... What's the least cost true ace, I believe? Like an ace, yeah. And then the highest bat was Donaldson at 17. Along with Muncie kind of right there and Simeon right there. So it is kind of, I guess you could say it's the approach of spreading the money around. Yeah. But at the same time, you're spreading the money around. And there was enough left over for at least one premium buy or two semi-premium buys in that range. And I, again... When you're in a, a tough room, and you know, I know these rooms are tough and you pay premiums sometimes for guys, there's also a certain amount of discipline that some of these people have. They, they mm-hmm. won't go over certain numbers. And I think this might be a way to attack it this year and not get into a bad loop of overpaying for somebody because, you know, you can let the draft come to you if you have a good core. And then I can just kind of use the premium to however my advantage of however the premium falls. Maybe Soto doesn't go for 37. Maybe he goes for 35. I've saved a couple bucks there, you know that kind of an idea. That is really interesting. Are you? Going I'm going to send this to you. That? I, I, I don't know if it. I can execute it, but I'm going to email this to you as soon as we're done. <laughs> and we did I like re- a whole pod on this on Blackbook a couple weeks ago. If you want to go back and listen to it, it was some it, we went through each combination of things. So
0: this is this is really interesting to me. I'm I'm very, I'm very intrigued by this. Look at this. See, uh, we can
1: still we're still
0: old, but we can still learn things. New you know, tricks, baby. New tricks. Old dogs, new tricks, etc., <laughs> etc. Cetera, et cetera. So that's how All I'm right. preparing this year. Well, I, 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 I dig it. I dig it. Uh, now, TGFBI, let's talk about it. Let's start before we get into your team. You and TGFBI, you and Justin have linked up uh, with the Black Book uh, Association, so I want to hear about that because I really like this cause.
1: Yes, uh, I know it's getting you know closer to draft season, so a lot of people have their stuff already. But if you don't, this is a good week to buy. Last week, we did our charity for St. Jude's. We made another couple hundred dollar donation to St. Jude's. We donated a a proceeds or portion of proceeds, I should say, from book sales to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. We did it last year, too. We do it during football. And when Justin was doing TGFBI this year, I said, hey, can we do the same thing for TGFBI this week? I know Fantasy Cares is part of that whole thing, just like in Scott Fishbowl. So, you know, people were you know, basically asked to make a donation and whatnot. I said, hey, let's try to sell some books and let's try to make a bigger donation if we can. And uh, also that Ruthie Lou Foundation, which I know is very close to Justin's heart. Uh, it's mm-hmm. for uh, families who have lost uh, young children, babies, miscarriages, uh, situations that are just heartbreaking, very difficult situations. And what that foundation does is provide these families with these gift boxes and things to take home in order to help, you know, when they transition back home. And I think that is, you know, and, and Mace being a friend of mine, and I know how important he might never say these things and stuff like that. I don't know if he does in the show, but it's, um, I can't fathom what that's like. I've got two daughters. I know he's got two kids. I can't fathom, you know, when you go through those kind of things and, you know, if, if this, in some way this foundation can help those families in that time of bereaving, Hey, I'm all about it. So if you go buy a black book this week, we're going to donate a portion to that. We're going to try to make a nice little donation at the end of the week. We'll see how it is. But if if you want to go out there and support the cause, make a nice gesture here for Mace, who's one of the hosts of the show here, who's always there dodging me lately every time I come on. No, it's just
0: funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just been having you on on our office. I I, you, I'm
1: good. I feel time. You know when Justin going to be schedule. here. Know. You know, he's going know. to school. He's got work. School. He's got kids. Well, he and, and I did that English podcast time. together which is hilarious. That was a good time. We were just basically just busting on each other for an hour and it was, and the English guys played referee, but yeah, so go out there, go to Amazon, go to iTunes. Uh, the paperback is the most updated version. So we have all the stuff from the Mookie bets trade, if you can believe it or not. And that's why the black book is different because we can update it. So, uh, and the cheat sheets will be updated again in early March. If you purchase the cheat sheet separately too, that gets updated. But this week, man, go out there, help some people, Help some kids get some toys, help some families out in a bad situation, help your boy Mason make a nice little donation, because uh, that's what we like to do at Black Book, to help people win leagues, help everybody win. Win-win, Paul Sporer, That's what I like to it, do.
0: It is the standard win-win, and I I, I love that. Uh, you actually answered my next question about what updates are there in the Black Book. I think you've already got Mookie Betts on uh, on LA after the trade. The cheat sheets have been updated, and there will be an, one more update to the cheat sheets? Uh, Yes,
1: we just did the February update a couple weeks uh, before spring training officially opened. I was actually a little early with that one. I couldn't believe it. I'm going to try to do one. It's probably my guess will be uh, I'll probably end up doing it the weekend before tout. So because that's then we're coming up to that serious two draft weekends coming up after that. So if you've purchased them once before, you get the free updates. Everybody knows that if you, you know, which is great because, you know, the rankings change and and rpv can change when projections you know move a little bit and they don't drastically change but sometimes it's enough when it's the Clevingers and Paxsons and some of the news that we've gotten here but um then you know that's again a, a great way to arm yourself during the draft and have that rpv right in front of you so you know where the drop-offs are and exactly what you know more than just rankings quantified rankings rankings that mean yep. something you know what a concept and yet everybody's out there still here's my top 200 who cares what does that have to do with anything how does that help me in in four different leagues i play i don't know but it doesn't i
0: i i feel you i feel you, you you're preaching to the choir on that one for sure um get out there get the black book if you don't have it already i wrote the pitchers it's a great team we have ariel cohen also from fan that's right uh contributing to it, it but
1: you know Eric also, Cross's 100 Prospects, Welsh's Eric Cross AFL notes. It's incredible. If you are putting a dynasty league, honestly, like I, in my 2014 dynasty league, I literally sat there with the black book trying to go through. We're in the minor league draft now, and I'm still picking out names from Cross's list there. And and the full profiles are so damn good there. And we have um, also Alex Chamberlain from that's right uh, So Chamberlain, we got uh, Dawkins. we
0: got Chris, uh, Mene, uh, Chris Meaney. Dawkin.
1: Yeah, it's it's a who's who of who? Casey no, it's a who's Obama. who of great people. <laughs> that's
0: right. Matt Modica. Look, it's a lot of great people yeah. there. Obviously, I can. Oh, Modica's to it, so.
1: NFBC chapter is hot, man. I mean, that's some good stuff if you're doing NFBC. That was because it's got all the thresholds from the last year and the this projected this year it is some really good stuff there from him. And Matt's a fantastic NFBC player. So, yes, well.
0: I think that'll uh, about do it here for us as we wrap up February, move into March. Get y'all's black book. Let us know what you think about it. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We've been getting a lot of new people coming in, tweeting us, saying, hey, oh, I got the black book for the first time this year. Thank you. Uh, it's been it's been a really strong response. I've been it really happened. pleased by that.
1: Um, this is this my fourth
0: year with it? That's
1: right. Is it four? I think, I it's, think it's, I feel four. Like it's four. I think it's 4. Let's it's just four. say it's 4. How's your TGFBI right going so far? Have you gotten so, two
0: rounds in or what? We I just made my third pick while you and I were talking. Oh, and what was so, it? Who was it? From the from the 11th spot, I've gone Soto, Snell, and then Cattell
1: Marte. Not bad. Very You know what? I didn't realize that the the clock went as late as it does. <laughs> so, oh. Okay. Off, yeah. So, I got auto pick for a pick, which wasn't terrible. Like I had guys in my queue. It wouldn't have been how I went, but I uh, I did not unfortunately get Soto, that's what I wanted. So I was at 13. I ended up with Tatis, Freddie Freeman, and then on the way back to me, Altuve was the auto pick. He was in my queue. All right, I'll take it. And then I ended up with Giolito. So, so bad. Yeah. No. Um. Because no. Altuve was
0: available to me. I went Marte there because I already have some Altuve shares and I was
1: Well, just kinda... I like going Marte because it opens again, the same reason I took him in labor opens up that little f- draft flexibility. I can play him at Eight. second, I can move in the outfield. You'll let the draft come to you. So that would have been what I do, but Alas, what are you gonna do? But uh, we're further ahead than you, and I was gonna complain that we're we're slow, so I feel Don't better complain. about my draft now. Don't <laughs> complain about a slow draft. Don't do it. Don't I'll do, do it, what Joseph. I want. We just Don't did a slow draft with some of my Blackwood yes. people with my listeners. Four days we did it in. Four days, start good, to finish,
0: 14 teams. Good for y'all. Good for y'all. If if TGFBI had a four-day limit, you could expect it to be done in four days. It wasn't Otherwise, a four-day limit. It's a we... slow draft. I know. They just, just sit. I just back. want to play, I guess. I'll start drinking now. I, mean, I do too, but like, it's a sl- I think some people are still stuck in like the second round, to be honest. So we're almost done with the third round in mind. You, you seem to be in the fourth round. No.
1: Uh, yes. I think we just turned into five. We literally okay, just, so turned- you're about
0: five picks ahead of us. So we'll, we'll catch up to you.
1: All right, there you go. I'm going to tell them, I'm going to rally my,
0: my group and say, we got to beat piece of Pia's league or else. And then I'll see what they say. I'll just threaten them. <laughs> people respond to threats pretty, pretty well. Right. Uh, from my experience, yeah, especially we when I finally threaten, threaten them for no real reason. Hey, they just, you know, they dig it.
1: I, I think that some of them like it. Yeah, some of them actually like it. It's actually fun for them. <laughs> they look, I, we got We got to Look, we're very lucky. We have a great group of listeners and a great group of readers between the two of us that, you know, we get a ton of support. But I feel like the people that listen to us or read us or whatever it is, they get us. So they they, they enjoy the humor, too, which is nice, because I feel like. You know, as much as we're talking about baseball or you know doing information stuff, if you don't, you know, if you don't enjoy it and the passion of what we're talking about doesn't come through, then what's the point? You know, if people aren't you know having I, a good time. No, I I, I obviously feel I that, loved uh, your labor podcast, by the way. You amazing. Oh, you. I listened to the whole four hours or whatever it was over. Thank you. I was that at my excellent. daughter's dance class, just wasting time, you know, waiting for her to get done. So I listened to like an hour. Then, then I was at the gym the next day, listened to another two hours. So it took me like two days, but you know, it was terrifically fun, man. Do you guys do that every year, or did I miss that last yeah. year?
0: No, Col- Colette and I had been doing it, and now that it's uh, now that it's Justin and I, we're gonna be doing it every year. It's so good. I, I think it's a lot of fun, and I think it's uh, people enjoy. People really enjoy it. That that gets a lot of response, even though it's a massively long podcast. We get a lot of people and, you know, we put the secret word at the end of, of Gratterall and people oh, tweet us if you finished it. Got a lot of Gratteralls. In fact, at one point, Justin texted me, why do people keep texting or keep tweeting us the word Gratterall? And I was like, dude, don't remember how we, we told them if they listened <laughs> the all the way till the end. was so
1: long he doesn't even yeah,
0: remember. <laughs> he completely forgot. So, so uh, no, that was great, man. We have a blast doing that. And um I'm actually going to do a live draft on my Twitch channel, too, again this oh, year. I did that last uh, year with the uh, Beat Pulse 4 League for NFBC, so we'll be doing that again. I did a draft Champions League. So, yeah, people seem to really respond to the, the draft content, whether it's listening to us go through pick-by-pick pick on a pod or coming and hanging out in my Twitch chat. So I've been really enjoying that. Um, I think we need to get you on one more time before the season starts in March, but with Justin, because uh, yeah, I want I to mean- just make fun of
1: him. Yeah, well, that's what we do. We mock each other because that's what friends do. Real friends make fun of each other to their face. That's what real friends do. But uh, my God, you know, when we were doing that other show a couple weeks ago, he's like, I guess he just moved or something, too. So he's like, he's doing the show from the the video was on. And I'm looking at him in in the video and I'm saying, where the hell are you? He's in like this room with all these file boxes behind him. And there's (laughs) there's no like. It's just like exposed wood. And I was like, are, he was like he's in a bunker from some sort of nuclear. Some sort of bunker planet. It's, it's hilarious. And I'm like, dude, this is scary. Like, and then he's like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Of course. Like, what's happening? Oh God. It was it was like, you know, he was one step away from have you seen this man? If so, please contact the authorities. That's that's he, where it was. He
0: was in he was in like uh, you know, like middle of nowhere, Russia, just in this in this little box. <laughs>
1: Oh, yes, like we're you, going to talk you, about drafts
0: today. Yeah, you do baseball podcast. Only <laughs> I hope
1: everybody like baseball podcast. America, GI, and that and that's how he does.
0: Four hundred and twelve baseball podcasts a day. <laughs>
1: it's true. This is probably true. That's what he does. <laughs> Literally, all he does.
0: All right, we're off the rails. But Joe, great speaking with you again. Uh, what is it? Joe Pisapia, seventeen. That is correct. To... Oh yes, and you said it so nicely this last time too, which I appreciate. P i s a p i a. Joe P's, the P.S. 17 on Twitter. Give him a follow. You can find Black Book links via that, but you can also go to Amazon, just search Fantasy Black Book. It will turn up. We've been doing well over on Amazon. Uh, if you have any questions, let us know on Twitter re- with regards to the Black Book. We'll be happy to help you. And Joe, we'll talk down the line here in about uh, three weeks or so.
1: Always a good time, my friend. Can't wait to hang out at town in a couple weeks. Sounds good. Take care.